by far the most versatile piece of fitness equipment on the planet, the kettlebell. Something I got turned on to by Pavel Tatsulin uh, about five years ago. It is for sure the item that I use the most in my training routine. I use it daily to open up my body and for mobility work every single day. That's that's my go-to. And there's quite a few workouts that I use it for, for power, speed, endurance, you name it. Doesn't matter what sport you do, or if you're just trying to lose weight, the kettlebell is the single piece. If I could pick only one piece of equipment to use the rest of my life, it would be a kettlebell. And guess what? We've just given our own Onnit kettlebells a massive facelift. They're color-coded. They've got premium gravity cast molding process. What does that shit mean? Let me tell you. It's better balanced. The weight has been distributed properly throughout. It's a very high quality piece of equipment that we've taken and give it a massive upgrade to. Optimized for performance with chip resistant powder finish. That means it's got better grip. It's not gonna slip through your hands and you're getting all sweaty and grimy, grinding out farmer's walks and whatever you're doing outside, out in the heat. It's also chip resistant. So when you're getting dead tired and you gotta drop the weights, it's not gonna go clickety clang and strip off of a giant chunk of that paint on the end. And guess what? On it, six kettlebells is rolling out right around the corner in October. So it is the perfect time to get yourself a brand new, awesomely upgraded kettlebell from On it. If you already own one, cool. Just go ahead and get on that On it six kettlebell program. You don't need to worry about it. But if you are lacking a size or particular weight that you need to use to add to your kettlebell arsenal, now's the time to jump on board and grab yourself a brand new, awesome kettlebell from Onnit.com. Get on the Onnit 6 kettlebell program. Get six weeks of phenomenal training using the kettlebell. Learn all the ins and outs and in-betweens of what you can do with that kettlebell and what's possible in your workouts with a kettlebell. Onnit.com. Welcome to the Human Optimization Hour with Kyle Kingsbury. That's me, your host. And today we have an awesome guest, Nick Pino. Nick Pino hails just like George St. Pierre from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and uh, he has a bit of an accent, but he is a little bit easier to understand than GSP. Um, and just a wealth of knowledge. You know, I first heard this guy on the Ben Greenfield Fitness Show. He's been on Paul Check's YouTube channel and also has done some work with Dr. Mercola and a number of other health professionals that I look up to and admire and learn from. His book, The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMF, basically cuts through all the BS when it comes to something that you would think is woo-woo, but really it's not. It's an issue. When I was talking with Tate Fletcher, who was just on the podcast, he mentioned that we're kind of in this long running experiment, which is completely true. Uh, you know, what they prove for safety standards is pretty, is pretty remarkable because that's, that's holding the phone away from your face. It's not actually touching it to your skin. And they're looking at fairly large individuals rather than children or people that actually hold the phone to their ear. And there's just so much that goes into this. But what's cool is that it's not a horror story. It's not a, oh man, this is why we have cancer and we're all going to die. It's about what are the ways that we can reduce and minimize the risk. And the truth is there, uh, there's a number of science. There's a number of studies that have come out and shown us that these things do have real world consequences and on the DNA level, on the cellular level, and there are ways that we can go about fixing it. Nick Pino takes a deep dive into all things EMF. Check it out. But we're here with, do you go by Nick or Nicholas? Both is fine. But, Both is uh, fine. Somehow when I started uh, being online, I'm like, ah, oh, Nicholas. Yeah, there's Nick Cage. But even people call him Nick Cage. You see, I'm like, 
yeah, this is more like uh, American friendly Nick. So I went by Nick when I went online somehow. I don't know. I now like people it. call me Nick. And the yeah. last name, Pinot? So you say it's it? Pino, like the wine. Pino, Pino, yeah. Pino Grigio. Exactly. I love it. And you're from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. That's correct. Yep. That's awesome. There's a little bit of George St. Pierre in your voice. Yeah, but he's he's horrible at the English accent. So I, I hope I'm a little bit better. You're better. You're better. Oh, That's what I said. You. Slightly. Thank you. Slightly. Well, we're here to, we, you have a book and I was first put onto your book on the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast and then um, Dr. Mercola and then of course our friend Paul Check. Yeah. Who just did work with you and Paul got in my ear. You know, you were definitely on my radar. One of the things that, I mean, you know, when I took over this podcast, it was mostly fitness-based and as director of human optimization, it's all things, physical, mental, emotional, yep. spiritual, that we have to, to work on. And, um, you know, everybody thinks, has this mindset of what else can I add to my life? What else can I bring in? More, more, more. Sure. And, you know, one of the concepts that Bruce Lee would talk about is it's not so much an adding, it's the refining of things, right? It's the, the, some of the taking away the things that are bad and removing some of the harmful practices in your life, right? Yep. And so your book, The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs, is absolutely perfect because it's something we don't think about. And it, I mean, I, I rarely think about it. I mean, I first got turned on to the potential hazards of EMF from Dr. Mercola, who you're familiar with. He's on the cover yeah. of your book. Um, and a lot of different people. And really, you know... Um, Tate Fletcher was on this podcast and he, he he joked, but he said it, you know, half serious, like we're in like a long running experiment right now, right? Yeah, We've never much. done this yeah. before. People just assume because this shit's legal, like, oh, well, it, you know, the government's looking out for us. The government's looking out for us. They didn't do that with DDT. They didn't do that with, <laughs> you know, Monsanto's glyphosate. Us, yeah. yeah, asbestos. Yeah. Uh, aspartame is a, is, a, is a fake sweetener, is a, is a real problem for people. So, you know, we have this idea that we go through life and it's okay. And even on the drug issue, like yeah, alcohol is not a drug. Well, yeah, it's a drug just because it's legal doesn't mean it's not, you know? Yeah. So like there's, there's many, many places we can point this out. And obviously when you start getting into topics like this, it can be, there's a bit of that, you know, maybe there's some conspiracy theory stuff, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think that the, the, the title of the book is perfect. Because it, you're not going to have to put on your tinfoil hat for this. Yeah, well, you know? thank you. That's that's exactly it. So I'm, I mean, I'm just an investigative health journalist, self-proclaimed, to be honest. I have a bachelor's in communications that uh, many years ago I started writing online. I just have a curiosity. When I dove into this topic, I I realized, damn, this is so ridiculous. The, like the safety standards and everything that I read, I'm like, no, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe how silly the the standards are that I had to become like the MF guy. I spent the last two years talking about it. I never, I never expected to do that in my life. But the reality is that when you look at the way like cell phones are tested, for example, right? They're, they use a, a mannequin head that's uh, the equivalent of a 6'2 man. Uh, 250 pounds, I think, something like that. That's based on one military man that they took. Well, you test the cell phone next to this mannequin head and, and you look at the temperature increase inside the brain. And then you come up with the phone SAR, specific absorption rate. But if it were in a children, well, they don't test it in children. So you're like, wait a minute. Well, I see four-year-olds with cell phones. So right there, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, undeveloped the, brain, much smaller, smaller softer well, skulls. Exactly. And what about, it's actually 97% of the cell phone users that are smaller than the mannequin they use. 
So what gives? I'm like, I, I just read these facts. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Last time the, the safety standards were updated by the FCC in the US, 1996. I'm like, uh, well, guys, maybe it's been like technology has changed since since like the big Nokia that that weighed a hundred pounds. So I I don't I just don't get it. So I dove in deeper, and it turns out that well, there's a lot of science showing that this stuff is probably not good for us. And unfortunately, this is society. Of course, we're excited about technology. We want to evolve, evolve like, oh, 4G, 5G, 6G, right? We want to move forward and it will bring forward so many good things in in, in our life. Like you can contact any, like I, I can look at my, like yesterday, I can look at my son. I was on my cell phone. I, I, I still use my cell phone, even as, a, as an author on uh, on a book like that. But I use it less. I use it differently, you know, because I understand the risks um, and the way people use it right now, they don't understand it. And, and the safety standards are completely broken. So something that happened in 2017 is that the French government, or it's actually an organization, part of the French government, had tested the cell phones without a separation from the body. That's something I didn't mention is that they tested at five to 15 millimeters from the head of the mannequin somehow, as if someone talks like that on their phone. Like no one does that. Like you would look stupid. Or <laughs> some people use speakerphone, but a lot of people use it like right there. And if you're not using it right there, you're using it like in my pocket here, in my pocket here, in my back pocket, in my bra if I'm a woman. So it's near the body. So they looked at, okay, the SAR is supposed to be a maximum of 1.6 watts per kilogram. That's just the unit of measurement. Well, when they, and that's with a degree of separation. So the French said, okay, well, what happens when you put it near the body? Because once you get even that degree of separation can make a huge difference in how much radiation is absorbed by your body. And it turns out that 90% of all cell phones that were tested went over the limit. 90%. And that's like the, the, the tests were ended in 2017. So you've got iPhone 5, uh, this, all the best sell, selling cell phones in the world go over the limit. There's no denying these, these independent tests are online. The French government is almost silent about the issue and no one talks about it because of course, like there's a lot of money involved, but this is like factual stuff. And the, the, the entire thing was, uh, I, I interviewed the guy, Mark uh, Arazi from France. He's a doctor and he looked at these tests and like, guys, we, we need to get this out to the public. So the more I look into it, the more... I find, you know what, the topic is not only not tinfoil, it's a societal like endeavor that we need as a society to look like, okay, guys, maybe we can have cell phones, but let's set them on children because children use them anyway, right? So if the standards were realistic, maybe the phones were, would be a little bit slower to connect, but at least users will be safer, like this is what I, I just don't get. And of course, it's they say follow the money, it's like, it's unfortunate, but that's a fact that there's a lot of money to be made. And the more the companies just like tobacco, the more their status quo, they wait until they change, the more money they make. So it's not a conspiracy, it's just business. And if I were uh, a cell phone company, I wouldn't change anything. And that's not necessarily ethical. You decide, like, it's, it's really the question in a society, are corporations the ones that should self-regulate themselves if the, if the government has failed to do so, which is the case? Or do you simply wait until the FCC updates their standards? 
like if I were the CEO of of Apple and Samsung, maybe I would be like, well, that's not my responsibility. Yeah. Like I will update my cell phone when the government and and some I don't know, like the World Health Organization tells me to update it. Yeah. I think right? there's there's so much to that and really what it comes down to is is kind of like one of the concepts that I have too is that no one else is going to fix you. Right? No one else is looking out for your best interest, so you have to do that. You have yeah. to take this upon yourself and make health your number one concern. That's that's Paul Check 101. Sooner yeah. or later, your health will be your number one concern. So don't put it off on the side and act like it's no big deal. And that requires some bit of investigating. And thankfully, we've got guys like yourself and different experts that we've had on the show that really go down the rabbit hole on specific issues. Um, everyone's exposed. I mean, talk about some of the different we're talking about cell phones right now. Talk about some of the different common things that we come across in our house and, you know, what what are the potential issues? What are the most damaging? You know, like obviously you were talking about sleeping last night at the W yeah. <laughs> right over a Wi-Fi router. Exactly. So that's the W Hotel. Let me walk through like this this a virtual tour of my hotel room yesterday. And I think that that exactly gives you like how not to do it when it comes to wireless communications. First, if you turn everything at night, wireless signals, this is microwave radiation or also called radio frequency. It, there, there are several and several studies that link melatonin reduction, increase in adrenaline, all sorts of different uh, effects, biological effects. Fight or flight that, response. Fight or flight response. You don't want that during your sleep, right? You want to recover. You want to be fresh for the next day. And you're staying at the W. 13th floor, it was beautiful, the service was perfect, but then what do you do as a company, W, they're like, we want connectivity, so they're excited. Well, they put the router under the bed. <laughs> under. So this is like, if you had one spot not to put a Wi-Fi router, which is the biggest source, the closer you are to the source, the more exposure you get, and the more your sleep's gonna be disrupted, well, you don't wanna put it under the bed, you wanna put it in the closet, in like right when you enter the room. It would have been fine or finer. <laughs> like the, the emissions would be a fraction of that. But so I, I was walking around with li this little guy. It's my EMF meter. I showed you a little bit. This is the ENV RD10. So uh, of course, I'm the EMF guy. I got to uh, check the room. And I'm like, it's like this Ghostbusters. Is, you got well, your, you got your little it, meter it, out. It does look like that. Like <laughs> it, it, if someone would have caught me, it would be like, okay, this guy is like a bit nuts. But I wanted to check the hotel room and I ended up recording a YouTube video that I'm going to post in a couple of weeks because I'm like, shit, this is all in the red in this room. What is happening here? So there was the router under the bed. I had to literally like take off the mattress. Sorry, W, I hope I, I, I didn't charge my card. I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to do damage, but I just had to dismantle the freaking bed to turn off the router because all the wires were hidden because the wires are not pretty and they just wanted to do it. They didn't think twice about it, but on the pillow, it was in the red. So it means to me just, a lot of disruption. My sleep's gonna be horrible. Uh, this morning, I'm recording this podcast. I need to be sharp. I don't want that. Like I'm closing the curtains. I want blackout. I want to take uh, melatonin. I want to take my supplements. I want to do yoga. I don't know. Like I have an entire routine, and then you put a Wi-Fi router under my pillow. N not a good idea. But it wasn't the only source. There was also these cordless phones. So, so these wireless phones, even if they're not in use, uh, the ones and this with is base like a regular stations. 
yeah. like hard lines, like phone that you would have at a, at a house? Uh, well, if you had a hard line and it was corded, like these old oh, school cord, phones. Cordless, cordless yeah. phone, if house phone. If it's cordless yeah. house phone, you, you would get these levels. And the base station usually is is the is like the thing that you put in it on to, to charge, to recharge. That's the biggest exposure. In Vegas, it was incredible the exposure and it was at the uh, the aria i think that was staying last year and i had to wrap the entire thing with actual tinfoil like aluminum paper and it it did reduce the level so that's one way you can like you can literally if if you're someone who travels a lot i would travel with like aluminum paper and if there's one phone like that that you cannot unplug for some reason I would cover it up. And yes, it, it, this part looked crazy. You remove it before leaving the room, please. Mm. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so that's just an example of like poor design. So what I did is simply, I unplugged everything. I, yes, I had to dismantle the bed. It was a bit crazy. I recorded a video. I made fun of, of myself like going overboard. But then the levels in the room were, were very low and my, my night was okay. And there's no way to tell, okay, wouldn't, wouldn't my night be, be very horrible? This is actually not a real or ring this is just the the placeholder because i'm waiting for mine but if i had the aura that's that's the gen 2 mm-hmm. yeah so if i had the aura i could test like okay how how well is my sleep when i sleep with a wi-fi router under my bed or not right yeah. and i think most people would see a difference and everyone has a different way of responding to the signals also like i know my sensitivities i know that when uh we were in a certain apartment with my, my wife last year i slept right next to the router I, I didn't understand the danger i was just writing the guide and i slept horrible this entire summer once i started un- unconnecting the wi-fi at night just this one step that everyone can do at home you can put it on a christmas light timer and then it goes off at 10 p.m., goes on at 5 a.m. or when, when you wake up and everyone in the household will sleep better. That's usually what people report to me after two or three days. That's very common. So my thought like, okay, does Wi-Fi has an effect on your health? That would be a question. Like, uh, show me the studies, Nick. Well, imagine that you can sleep better. Just that like sleep better 12%. 20%, 100%, like, I don't, I don't know how to quantify. It depends on everyone. But with the aura ring, you could tell, well, it means a lot if you compound this effect over years, right? So turning off everything at night is pretty important. Another thing is your own devices. Like if I had my cell phone right next to my head, I'm not touching it or anything, but it's connecting to the tower. Same thing. It's it's the equivalent of the Wi-Fi router, a little the Wi-Fi router was way worse, honestly, but it, it is also disruptive. So putting it on airplane mode, turning it off completely, or if you expect a call, putting it like far away from your body as possible, maybe 10 feet, maybe six feet, the other side of the room, and you can still use it as your alarm clock. If it's in airplane mode, it's totally fine, and you will sleep better. So just doing a sweeping of your own bedroom and figuring out, okay, everything that could be Bluetooth or wireless or anything can potentially add to this smog and, and impair my sleep. So if you're working on your health on so many levels, why would you have these things on at night if you not, you're not actively using them, right? It's just needless exposure. And that's a factor that's invisible unless you're, you're a bit crazy like me and invest in those and you miss it. And, and you, you cannot figure out why maybe you were in Vegas and you're like, oh, I slept horrible. Was it the drinks or the, the late night? Or was it the cordless phone that was literally like a router right next to your head? 
because the the organization that that put the hotel room together didn't didn't get it because mostly no one does these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely a newer topic to a lot of people. Um, I like this idea that there are there are various things that we can do to, to help mitigate. You know, like I would talk on speakerphone if I don't have my headphones, but I have wired headphones that go in, you know, rather than Bluetooth. And I can talk on those. There's a little mic there at my chest. And I think that's probably my favorite way if I'm going to have an extended conversation with people to talk. Um, Obviously, in the car, it connects Bluetooth, so it's hands-free. So there's an issue there. But, um, you know, this idea, like when I went through Ben Greenfield's house, his whole house is wired. Yeah. You know, like he's, he built his whole house against the EMFs. He, all of his lights are low blue light emitting. Yeah. Um, they've got the blue blocker glasses for TV time. If they're going to watch TV at night, things like that. But, um, he's certainly, you know, one of the guys that's on the cutting edge and certainly looks into all these things that have to do with, with health. I wonder for, for most people out there who really, they're not going to get rid of their Wi-Fi. They're not going to, um, you know, obviously we're, nobody's getting rid of their cell phones, but what are some of the steps other than just like you mentioned, um, airplane mode at night, things like that, having a timer, a Christmas timer for Wi-Fi? What are some other ways that we can help mitigate EMF damage? Sure. If you can help it, having your computer on Ethernet cable, if you're using, like, let's say you have an office and you and you can invest a couple a couple hundred not even not even $300 have an electrician maybe have an ethernet cable and that's something i walked around the the onnit offices here and and it's beautiful and it's incredible but as i told you if you're in front of a computer and you work on wi-fi all day but you're in one place you're not using your laptop around well it's a good idea to have an ethernet cable because most people report like i feel less exhausted at the end of the day if i work on ethernet like i can see the difference but that's me maybe you won't but something is still happening on a biological level. It's oxidative stress. It's something that's affecting your body, whether you like it or not. And some people are more prone to, to this damage. If you're already extremely exhausted, chronic fatigue, you have certain conditions. I'm, I have a, also an EMF course for medical doctors and health practitioners that I mm. help develop. And, and, and it's, it's bad. The people that like we're not talking about human optimization here, but people that are already like chronic fatigue, uh, fibromyalgia, uh, ALS, uh, Parkinson's, they have, let's say, nervous system disorders, then their nervous system is not ready to handle that stuff. So when you put them in a low EMF environment, they get way better. Like it's ridiculous how much they, they are calmer in an environment without distress. So they are more prone to, to, to this kind of stuff. So depending on, on your level of health, you might want to look into how sensitive you really are. And a good way to do that is to go away for a while. Three to seven days, go camping. If you feel like amazing, you're like, okay, I'm a new human being, literally. Like my sleep, like I used to wake up at 3 a.m. every night in the city. Now I don't wake up. Like I have the deepest sleep. I have a sense of purpose. I feel incredible. No anxiety well, there's something wrong, not about your body necessarily per se, but let's reframe this. There's something wrong about the environment back at home in Austin, in Montreal, in New York City, downtown LA. There's something that's ailing you. Is it the air quality, the stress, your job, 
your wife, hopefully not, but I mean, uh, people people you, you hang out with, there are so many factors, right? Poll check 101, everything, like the holistic view of your life. But electrosmog is also a factor you get account in. So, it, for example, if at home you, you had this Wi-Fi router under your pillow for years, well, first, removing the sources and seeing, okay, do I feel better? If so, well, maybe you can go a little bit further and have your Ethernet cable as your computer and then see, wow, oh, yeah, actually, I'm 10% healthier. <laughs> well, take it. Like, it's, it's all these things. Like, I still, I still have alcohol. I still have dessert. Like, we choose... Choose, to, choose the stressor, right? We, we choose <laughs> to hurt our bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's just okay. Or else you're probably kind of going crazy with this. Uh, it's the same thing. But do you have, to, for example, to have a, a four-hour conversation in your office on your cell phone? Or can you have a corded landline and have it redirect when you're there? Simple thing. Cost 20 bucks. Well, it's just a habit. You're talking, right? Same thing when it comes to talking to the cell phone differently, creating distance from your body. And you mentioned it. I think if you only handle your cell phone differently and then your Wi-Fi router at night, it's huge. It's, these are incredible steps towards reducing your exposure right there. If, if people just did that, there would be a very, I think a lot of people would, be, would see a, a very different reaction in their health. Yeah. overall. Yeah. yeah. So you touched on a, a critical piece that I like to mention a lot, that all stress is stress in the body. So whether that's emotional stress from your wife or your boss yeah. or food stress from eating shitty food, you know, going off the diet when you're out, out on the town, uh, too much alcohol, it could be overtraining even in the gym where you're working sure. out really, but pushing the envelope a little too far for too long. Whatever those cases are, the body doesn't compartmentalize that it doesn't file it under oh here's physical stress because i squatted and here's <laughs> yeah. a lack of sleep stress it's going to go in the lack of sleep department you know like it's all fucking one stressor and the fight or flight response that happens from that creates a cascade of issues for the body higher reactive oxygen species um higher inflammation throughout which could be the cause of most disease and when we unknowingly contribute to that through through lack of, of knowledge and lack of mitigation of these EMFs, we basically are adding on this consistent stressor. And in all things in life, when we have stress, we want it to be acute. We want whatever the thing is to yeah. be to be short, quick, and in a in a one little tight bubble, right? Exactly. The, the stress that becomes an issue is when it's chronic, when it's over time. And there's no doubt we're not moving away from cell phones. We're not moving I mean, we will have 5G towers very quickly here we're gonna have so that means our cell phones will be as fast as wi-fi without wi-fi and wi-fi of course by that time will be much faster and much stronger and much more powerful so yeah. the need for this is increasing right and the need for this knowledge is increasing but the need for us to help mitigate this stuff is increasing because across the board uh in most modern cultures we're getting sicker we're not getting healthier exactly well if you look at the it's 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 another fact that that maybe research is stuff. It's how much has our exposure to microwave radiation, let's say cell phones, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth, increased since 1950? Take a guess. Is it a thousand, thousand, thousand percent? Thousand thousand percent. It's actually a quintillion times. Damn. So quintillion is a lot of zero. I'm not even sure like, how, how how high that goes. It's it's a, it's a billion billions. <laughs> 
basically. Fuck. So yeah, so this is our increase and it will not get better. In Austin, here in downtown areas, you have some 5G towers that are be, that are being tested. The small cell technology, it's all over the place. And again, it's because the safety standards allow it. They're like, well, we're within the standards. All fine and dandy, let's go. Let's have faster technology. If I'm a user, I don't know the risks. I don't care. I'm excited and like my cell phone's gonna be a beast. I can download 4K videos and streaming. Everything is cool, but that's just not, not, not what is happening. So yes, it will increase, I don't know by how much before they realize, well, we gotta design that in a, in a healthier way. Are you, and there are a lot of things that could be made to the technology to make it better. Tomorrow morning, or it would cost companies a couple millions, like shielding the user and have the antenna emit more towards the exterior of your cell phone and not towards your body. Mm. It's a design thing, but yeah. maybe it will require having a camera that's a little bit less because everything is tiny, right? It's it's a design uh, requirement that we could put. When it comes to cell phone towers, we could make sure that people that live right next to a cell phone tower are shielded somehow. Like we shield their apartment for free if it's part of the deal. I don't know. But as a society, we can make it s safer. But this is not the direction it's going towards. So because of that, it makes me say, okay, well, you gotta work on your own exposures a lot because let's, let's face it, I step out this gym and I turn off my cell phone and decide never to use Wi-Fi or Bluetooth again and participate in this crazy technology, I'm still exposed. Yeah. I'm exposed every every living second I'm in a city. If I go in, in the countryside, I might be exposed too. There are 4G towers everywhere. So, and eventually in, in the next years, and that's that's something that's concerning to me. Of course, I wrote a freaking book on the, I spent all my time thinking about that stuff. Sometimes it's just overwhelming. And it's like, shit, what are, what are they doing? Like um, you've got, uh, you've got eight to 10, companies or corporations that are working towards global internet. And that's a good idea. Again, very exciting. So it means that every square inch on the, of the planet is going to be like beamed with high power satellites that they're going to install. Like, I think it's 30 to 40 miles outside the, the planet Earth or don't call me on this. I don't know the, the astrophysics and where they, they put arrays of satellites and different companies on star you've got apple that wants to put in the stratosphere uh, balloons and mm. that's uh, uh, or that's actually um google google loon project uh, I, I think that facebook might be another company that's involved with another project so all these corporations are like well let's give every human being on the planet a free internet connection that's awesome that's like whoa that's like a philanthropist idea to have someone in the middle of nowhere be able to communicate with people they love, have access to all this knowledge, human knowledge. But what are the downsides? What if the signal is not safe? Well, now you're like slathering the planet with it. It has consequences for everyone. So let's hope the safety standards are, are, are not from 96, right? Yeah. Let's hope they're up to date and we understand because now we're talking about something that can affect the entire planet at once, which is already the case. If you pollute here in Austin, it might go to China and vice versa, right? It's a global thing. So as a society, if we move forward to these things and give internet to everyone, I better hope that there, there are better safety standards, but that's not going to happen very soon. So this is why in the meantime, I offer, when I wrote the guide, I'm like, okay, this is what you got to do now 
and hope for the best and and talk about it because let's face it like if users only demand speed and not health well <laughs> the companies are aren't going to follow mm-hmm. so it's also a matter of of asking companies to be accountable for that and and saying well i put my phone on airplane mode like, for example you you have this uh night shift mode on mm-hmm. your iPhone now. Yeah. Well, that's because users said, well, I look at my cell phone at night and I feel super stimulated. I don't sleep as good. And Apple responded, some people developed apps before that you had to jailbreak your phone. Flux. And yeah. uh, before, like before the that Apple did it officially, some people were, were doing it via like hacking their phones and whatever, but users eventually demanded it. And Apple was like, okay, well, we're going to make it a feature. This is how it works. This is democracy. Like Apple responded to a need, but unless they're in need, unless people say, well, I like a hotel W, I don't want a router under my pillow. And once once they have enough complaints, they're gonna put it elsewhere. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna invest for the tech guys to come in and they're gonna invest a couple thousand dollars that it costs to make this these necessary changes. If no one talks, well, we're <laughs> just gonna do business as usual. Yeah. Yeah, what are some, I, I, I think I heard you talking uh, with Greenfield about different cases potentially that people could have. So if you were going to, sure. you know, you're holding, I know that Dr. Mercola, <laughs> he takes it a step further. He won't even hold his phone in his hand. Yeah, he uses a, a selfie stick <laughs> to make text yeah. messages and things like that. Yeah. I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon, but sure. are there good cases like Defender, different things like that that can yeah. help mitigate some of yeah. the EMF. Defender Shield is good. It's definitely good. Uh, this one is called Safe Sleeve. Um, th- so basically, you want a you want a phone case if it if it were completely enveloped in an EMF blocking material, it would essentially emit more usually because the phone will be forced to ramp up its radiation. Right. If you're uh, in a, in an office environment, if you're in a staircase, if you're in a spot where you you got one bar out of five signal bars, your cell phone emits sometimes up to a thousand times more. Like it emits a lot and it heats and you can feel the battery draining. That's why because the phone is like, oh, I want to connect with the same speed mm. as as before. You don't want that. You want a a phone case that has blocking materials and that allows the radiation to go by the side. So that way you're holding it you get less and especially if you put it in your back pocket or here I don't advocate keeping it in your uh, on your body even with a phone case but I I'd rather have people have a phone case than not another one I've heard good things about is the pong p o n g it works a little bit different but it seems like it's working also so the, these three companies do great products maybe they are other out there but the cheap stuff on amazon i wouldn't trust like okay. oh this is this is a super emf blocking case 1999 from china uh i don't know maybe yeah. your phone's gonna emit more and unless you have a meter to measure it you're only taking 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 their word for it so you don't want to be doing that so that's one thing you could do as well um another use of technology that i think is not ideal is using a, a laptop on the lap Right. Yeah. If you're a man, there was one small trial. Uh, was it in Spain? I, I cannot. I cannot recall. It was just a, a couple of men that uh, tried that tested their sperm before and after laptop exposure. Four hours of laptop use reduced their motility and their sperm. I, I don't know if it was a sperm. Co- let's say sperm quality by fifty percent. 
Wow. Four hours. Well, man can recover after a couple of weeks their entire like sperm supply, but it's also your testosterone. I mean, there's other things than just sperm production going on there. Mm-hmm. It's your testosterone, it's your entire endocrine system. So what is it doing long-term? What is it doing to your prostate health, uh, bladder health? As a, I mean, I, I can only imagine what, what if you're a woman? I mean, ovaries, all, all their hormones are created there too. So having a laptop on your lap, Unfortunately, it's not the right use. And you can have a, a shielding blanket, one that uh, Jen, my wife, used throughout the pregnancy. Uh, it's called belly armor. And you can actually use it just fine if you're a man. So okay. a lot of uh, Silicon Valley executives actually like purchase from this company that is essentially like shielding for pregnancy. But th- this is a blanket that you put and then you put your laptop. And again, you're reducing exposure. But the best use is just on on, on a desktop. But a lot of people tell me, Nick, I will not do that. I will work on my sofa. I love it. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Fine. But use stuff that, that can shield you. So belly armor, I can, I can vouch for them. Again, there are a lot of products out there that do not seem to work or cheap knockoffs. I wouldn't go with those. And I would really look at like their test results and, and whether they have like a third party testing to, to like that the products do what they're intended to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody did want to take the deeper dive, you have a couple of different devices that you've brought in here. Sure. Um, for home use. Can you dive into those a little bit and the cost associated? Yeah, definitely. So uh, the ENV RD10, Enviro RD10, I think it's the best meter for someone who has no idea what we're talking about. They're like, oh, well, I want to test my environment. So this is just like what we could call a sweeping meter. It won't give you very precise numbers, but you don't care. You're just looking for like the red zones. And you're like, oh, does this emit? Yes. <laughs> you can, for example, I, something I told you before uh, recording, an Xbox 360, and I think all Xbox consoles and all PlayStation consoles, uh, they emit 24-7, even if they're connected to an Ethernet cable, which I did at home, and even if you turn them off. Mm. So you got to unplug them, but there's no way to know if this radiation is being emitted needlessly unless you have this thing. So this thing you open, you have three different modes. The first one is uh, the RF, so you can look for Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cell phones, even cell phone towers. If, for example, you worry about a cell phone tower, that's something a lot of people tell me, Nick, I have a cell phone tower right in front of my apartment. Uh, Will I die from cancer? It's like, I get these emails. I'm like, well... You got to have, like, if you're in the red zone in the middle of your apartment, you might be in trouble, but how good is your health? And if you're like, it's crappy, like, I don't know what's happening with me. I've got chronic fatigue. I cannot recover from anything. I feel anxious. Well, maybe the tower is beaming in your condo. In that case, you got to go further than this thing, but at least you, you, you could detect that something is happening. It's mm. not just in your mind. You're not just going crazy. You might, but you might not. It's like something invisible that's happening. So sweeping around with this guy is is really useful. The other one is the Cornet. Uh, this one is uh, the uh, 88T. Uh, I think it's advanced. It's more like for people, maybe who read the book. And in the book, I give some examples of this meter. It's okay. a bit more advanced, more complicated. <laughs> They want to go further, maybe it's for them, but mainly if 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 they're like a health practitioner, health coach, I know you have a lot of those following you. I think the best step for them is is more taking my course. Uh, it's called Electrosmog RX. So and I think it's better because it's the short version of like how to apply this stuff that I talk about in the book. But when it comes to coaching clients or even seeing patients, if if they're a doctor and like mm. what are the health effects, what 
there are there there's a fraction of the population that gets very sick in electrosmog and that's not new it's like the these studies have been made way back and it's not recognized a lot of uh, people psychiatric the uh, these days psychiatrists or or doctors think it's psychosomatic and oh no electrosensitivity is all in the head and you probably saw if you watch a better call soul the 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 entire conclusion of that is that the this character chuck is was electrosensitive but then it was probably all in his head and i think it was horrible to say that in in a TV show, unfortunately, but I don't think it's accurate. Uh, some people get rashes. Like you yeah. cannot you cannot make this stuff up. I think the the uh, when they try to do studies that are provocation studies, they're in a in a very fake setting. It's not, and they're looking for an acute effect. Like, okay, can you feel this phone? Okay, can you yeah. not feel it? It's not how it works. Some people that are electrosensitive that I know, they get in a city. And they can last three days. After that, they start crashing. They get in the countryside, they're totally fine. So they're just like, I don't know, the the every bit of cell phone exposure will harm them a thousand times more than Kyle. Mm. And maybe a hundred times more than Nick. And then everyone has a different Is degree. Is that more of, you think based on genetics or the fact that maybe their their baseline health is a little bit lower or more compromised? It might be both. Uh, there, there are probably uh, genetic factors. There's probably uh, people's uh, heavy metal load, uh, mm. toxic load overall, stress load. So there's, and it's something I talked about uh, on, on Ben Greenfield, the no ono cycle and the work of Dr. Martin Paul, P-A-L-L from the WSU, uh, Washington State University. So he's a guy who has been looking at chemical sensitivity since I think the early 80s, probably before. And then he switched to EMFs a lot in the last 10 years. And this guy has developed this uh, nitric oxide peroxynitrite cycle or helped develop the theories and and the, the entire groundwork around this cycle, which explains how is it that someone can enter a room smell perfume and also almost drop like how is it that they can be so chemically sensitive does it make sense or is it psychosomatic i get a fucking migraine if somebody puts on uh, nail polish in front of me so you have a a certain sensitivity so but people that are chemically sensitive it's worse than that it's like it's horrible they cannot even go probably in a supermarket or uh let's say a a big outlet store a mall the, the smell or a new car for example they would they would get so many effects so the, how is it explained? Well, it, it, he explained that these chemicals really excite the NMDA receptors in the brain and they get an overreaction, basically. Over time, a, a really a sensitization of the NMDA uh, receptor. So it acts as, a, as an excitatory toxin, just like some people who live in a, a moldy house. I know Dave Asprey is really the, like the, the guy who, who brought a lot of mold discussion in, in the health space. Well, over time, mold does the same thing. Your brain, it excites your brain and eventually just a little bit of mold will excite it to uh, an extent that's just an overreaction. It sensitizes your brain. Same thing for chemicals. So when it comes to EMFs, the same thing is also happening. Mm. So it might be that these people, their body is just feeling EMFs as the threat, but to an extent that's way too much. Yeah. Maybe the damage happening isn't correlated with their reaction. Maybe they're in an overreaction state. Uh, and it depends on a lot of factors. But 
if you study Dr. Martin Paul, I can uh, we can link to a YouTube video. It's very informative. He explains all the pathways. He explains basically that uh, EMS will open your cells uh, voltage gated calcium channels. Uh, so and and let a lot of calcium flow into the cell, which is supposed to happen, but in small quantities. Mm. Normally, the concentration of calcium in the interstitial around cells is very high and in cells very low. But what happens is that this calcium keeps flowing in and these voltage-gated calcium channels, well, they're voltage-gated. They're like sensors, electric sensors, but this is electricity in the air. Think about it. Electromagnetic fields. If there's a signal, if I can have a cell phone here, there's electricity in the air. This is how it works. If you get a, a Wi-Fi signal in your bedroom and in the bathroom, there's electricity filling the air. So it's disrupting our natural sensors, basically, to put it extremely simply. But what are the consequences of this intracellular calcium that's elevated? It's oxidative damage and true one thing that's called peroxynitrite, that is a, a nitrogen species that is actually, that has been, I'd say it's been 10 years since they've started really looking in peroxynitrites. So this is brand new information also. Mm. Dr. Paul, for example, is, is, is groundwork paper that really started him on this path of EMS, 2013. It's brand new. Yeah. It's brand new. So no doctor, no researcher, engineer, physicist, uh, a lot of them still repeat, well, there's no way these low-level signals could hurt us. But they don't know about the sensors. They don't know about the VGCCs, Dr. Martin Paul. They don't know about the mechanisms. So what they say is accurate, but based on their ignorance. They, they don't know the science, but it's been developing extremely fast. And when you look at the studies, for example, in some, some stuff I shared on Men Greenfield, it's like there's one study, one Indian review from uh, 2012, looking at uh, over 900 paper uh, asking the simple question, can these EMFs from cell phone towers, for example, affect plants, animals, insects, and humans? They took a bunch of studies. They looked only at quality studies. It's a meta-analysis. It's very precise. It takes probably years to perform well, it was almost 600 papers out of 900 that did show effects. So it's not a question, is it happening? The question and the argument could be to what degree? Yeah. What is the urgency to act? Am I affected? Is it reducing my health by 50% or is it 5% or is it no percent? Like, how much should I care about this? Well, I would say at the moment to be scientifically, uh, scientifically precise it would be, well, kind of run your, your your own experiment here because one thing is sure, the safety standards do not protect us. The second thing is that something is happening. And the third thing I can tell you is that some people are more sensitive. And if you fall on that spectrum, you might not know it. And I, I would say that most people don't know it, mm -hmm. haven't considered it. Some uh, One practitioner, uh, Trudy, took my course and uh, she's a... Um, She's a, a, a registered uh, dietitian and, 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 and is an expert when it comes to anxiety. She's a best-selling author. She hadn't realized how much she was affected by EMFs. She's a professional doctor. Uh, not a doctor, but yeah, a professional uh, health practitioner. Mm -hmm. Doctors have told me the same thing. Uh, PhD scientists have realized the same thing in their own life. So it doesn't mean it's not because like anyone from any background from any level of education, like everyone can be affected. And sometimes even if you're like, a, uh, if you think your health is like here, 
maybe it can go there (laughs) super high. Maybe it's still undermining your performance. So maybe if you reduce your cell phone use uh, in your pocket as an athlete, you will realize, oh my God, my testosterone is boosted. Well, good thing. You don't have to take a bunch of trivialists or whatever you <laughs> you wanted to take, right? Yeah. So, Or you can take both. You can reduce cell phone use and then use the supplements. But they might compete with each other. So it's also like a factor that I think everyone needs to look at as just, just consider it. At least considering it and not ignoring it, I think is is doing doing to everyone uh, a huge uh, a huge service. Mm. And something I actually didn't talk about children. And, and you have a, a three year old. I have a three month old at, at home, Elliot. And it's important that we also take care of our children because if we don't know what the effects are, well, I can tell you that children will absorb twice the radiation compared to adults, and that's published. That's peer reviewed. So we. If we think it might affect adults, we got to look at children. So it means that if you give them a device, please no cell phones before teenage years if you can help it. Or please teach them that there there might be a downside to the technology. Put airplane mode and, and try to educate them from day one. And once they're teenagers and they're hooked on the cell phone, it might be super hard to go back. Yeah. So think about that and if the children uh you have a toddler at home hanging out right next to the wi-fi router well it's no better than sleeping in w hotel with the wi-fi router under under the pillow right it's worse it's it's twice as worse for for them if not more and their developing brain is affected and actually emfs it looks like the, the the studies are pointing towards the fact that stem cells are more affected than most other cells in the human body wow not good if you're a child, but again, this this entire like I cannot make statements like oh this is doing this to your child or that. It's not looking good. the The more you look into it, the worse it feels. It's like ah, uh, the, the more studies that come out, the more it points towards the fact that it's disruptive to normal brain development and growth. So just don't take any chances because maybe. Uh, I'll be flagged in 10 years. They will say, oh, Nick, on, the, on that on it podcast, it was a bit like overkill, alarmist. Or maybe I'll be too right. And people that take action today, just as a precaution, maybe move the router away, maybe turn it off at night. Like doing these things as a precaution, you'll be glad you did because in 10 years, uh, your your child is, is, is healthy as can be. And you'll be like, okay, I cannot say my child is healthy because I removed EMS. But I'm glad I did. I like remove the risks in advance before knowing for sure, is this technology hurting us and to what degree? Yeah, it hasn't been shown to be safe. So let's let's just, exactly. let's just say that right now. Exactly. And when we were born, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have a lot yep. of things. If you're over 30, that's the case. So this is a brand new trial run with our future generations. Right. And we should take it the is. bare minimum steps to making sure that we can kind of mitigate what's going on because that's, you know, they're going to have it in school. They're going to have it in different places. That's fine. But at least, you know, and certainly when it comes to sleep, like that can be our safe place. Right. Yeah. The bedroom shouldn't have a TV in it. You shouldn't have lights on when you're when you're asleep at night. You can, you know, focus on sleep hygiene. So, you know, that, that one period, which is the most restorative time in your entire day can be the lowest EMF and the best possible sleep you can have. Super important. And when it comes to even the Wi-Fi in school issue is a real one. And if my child were in school with a bunch of iPads, 
well, first I will freak out because I'm I'm just too involved in the topic. But after that, I would look at, okay, can we go wired? And uh, some schools did. And w- one resource to look at is uh, ehtrust.org, the Environmental Health Trust. That's a, a nonprofit organization that that's, is, is fighting on so many fronts, so many issues related to EMS. But they have solutions and schools wire uh, their entire school or just asking the teacher to turn off the Wi-Fi router when not in use. And it turns out that sometimes it's in use 30 minutes during the day, but it's always on, right? Just yeah. because the IT guys don't like the, oh, I have to unplug it and this. And, but if they put a button that can turn it off, she can turn it off just fine. So again, reducing especially useless exposure, I think is the one step that's important. If you're using it, okay, fine for the one hour, but then you turn it off, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's no need. It's like changing the way we use technology instead of always on, sometimes off, it's always off. And if I need it, sometimes on. Yeah. So it, it's really switching it around. That's that's extremely important, I think. Hell yeah, brother. Well, is there, I mean, is there anything else we didn't cover in this? Anything else you want to add? Uh, resources? Well, my book is a good way to start. I have a YouTube channel also. I'll be posting a bunch of things. Among them, me dismantling the W Hotel. So I'm trying to to show, <laughs> I'm trying to add some humor in there. I, I think I think that's a topic. Uh, once you, you get into it, you might start freaking out a little bit, uh, especially if you're like <laughs> a dad or, or mom. I think we, we tend to get very emotional about the, these issues. Uh, you should be, but not too much. Again, when it comes to when you first started eating healthy or uh, all these topics, you can go overboard. I think you you got to look at that extremely seriously. And uh, and I think that if you want to get involved and, and you realize there's a cell phone tower in front of your house and you're like, is that safe? ehtrust.org is, uh, is an incredible resource. And uh, just the fact that you're listening to this podcast, having a conversation and and be open-minded about the topic, because that's something that I see a lot of people, oh, tinfoil, uh, there's yeah. no science, bullshit. Well, look into the book. Uh, some people have told me, Nick, I didn't believe anything of these emails before I read your book. My goal was to convince the skeptics. Uh, there, there is science. There's no denying that there is science once you read the book. Then you could argue with me, you're too precautious or uh, we need to be more precautious than what I'm saying. You yeah. could argue with the philosophy of how we apply science. But uh, there's no denying there is science. It is changing. France has banned cell phones or actually will uh, starting September 1st on all school levels. It was supposed to be until I think 12 or 15 years old. It will be extended to 17 years old. Mm. No cell phones in schools. This is because of distractions, social media, bullying, also EMFs. And they, the French government is really open-minded or forward thinking when it comes to these things. This is happening, whether you like it or not. So just get into the topic and take these baby steps. And, and most of all, report like take note of if you sleep better is it real for you is it real and discover your own sensitivities go camping and realize the difference and then you can come back to me you can thank me or say nick i don't feel anything and then you can choose to still do it or not but uh i think it's just important to stop thinking this is not a topic 
stop looking at it and 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 bury our head as in the sand. I think we're way past that now. Yeah. And there's there's plenty that we it's plenty of actionable items that we can sure. do that are fairly cheap, uh easy fixes that can help mitigate some of this stuff. I really appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you on social media and online? Sure. Uh my Facebook is uh Nick Pino, so that's P I N E A U L T official and uh, you can find me on instagram nick pino and i'll have you can go nickpino.com it might be up might might be might link to my linkedin it's going to be my new blog uh youtube same thing you can if you just type nick pino emfs you're going to find a lot of presentations i did some more thorough than this one um and uh dr martin paul on youtube if you want the science if you're listening to this you're like oh this guy nick pino i don't trust i don't trust him he's not a phd Dr. Martin Paul, P-A-L-L. Look at the science and then come back to me. We'll link to all that in the show notes for you so you don't have to worry about taking notes while you're driving or listening to this while you're working out. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. I had a blast. Anytime. Thank Hell you. Yeah, brother. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Human Optimization Hour with Kyle Kingsbury and our man, Nick Pino. Give him a follow. Check out his website. If you are a professional in health and wellness and want a deeper dive, he has courses for you available on his website, which we'll link to in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.